Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. And welcome to Gays on Film. <laughs> this podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Barbie. And I'm Ken. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the movie that is blowing up the world of cinema. It's Oppenheimer. No. Just kidding. It's Barbie. Um, remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature. So, as always, do proceed with caution. But before we get into that, I'd love to know what you've been watching. That was a fun introduction. Oh, thank you. Um, Secret Invasion, finished that. Was really hoping it was going to stick the landing after a pretty poor series. And it didn't. It wasn't very good. What was Um, it like about, though? It was about the scrolls have been on Earth. And Nick Fury had promised them to find that he would find them a new home after what happened in Captain Marvel and they didn't have a home planet anymore. Okay. And he's like betrayed them. So they're, yeah. So there's like terrorist scrolls and the scrolls had, had got into high ranking um, positions around the world. The UK Prime Minister was a scroll. Rhodey was a scroll. Remind me. The the guy, War Machine was a scroll. Can't remember the actor. He wears like silver Iron Man suit. Oh yeah. There's a bit of to and foring on like how long has he been a scroll? Like, as he was he a scroll in Infinity War or who freaking knows? Well, there's a lot going. It just was really poor. You could see how. It had been reshot a lot and you could almost feel the scenes had been edited together in the editing room to, like, what can we make from this? The finale was only 13 minutes long, excluding credits, which to me is pretty poor for a... That doesn't sound very finale to me. Um, It was really CGI heavy um, and the scroll became a super scroll. Kingsley Benadia, is that what he's called? He's in Barbie as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it was really poor. So oh. I'm very disappointed. But I did see the Loki season two trailer today, which we're not doing a trailer trash or treasure, but I'm hoping that improves things because Disney plus Marvel has been pretty up and down. So mm. we'll see. We also watched Tetris. We did. Who knew that, you know, the the rights of Tetris would be such a riveting story. It had the Maxwells in it. It had the KGB in it. It had geopolitics and 
all sorts of stuff, but it was it was really good. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. I really enjoyed, I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to actually. Mm. I had heard good things when it originally mm. came out. When it originally so this came is the story out, of Tetris, the game for people yeah. who didn't. When it originally came out, I thought they were going to do like a Super Mario type thing and make like a movie story out of Tetris. characters from Tetris. And the only characters in Tetris are those blocks of like four squares. That would have been and silly. And I was like, this doesn't sound like a thing. No. And then it turns out it's not. So no, don't know where I got that from. But that's on Apple TV. If anyone wants to watch it, I think I gave it three and a half, four star. Um, can't remember. I think but I gave it. I enjoyed four. it, and it I would really recommend conf- yeah. it. Um, and Taryn Edgerton was very good in it. So yeah, I think everyone's acting in it was very good. Yeah. Um, really we had a proper like movie Sunday, was it Saturday? Quite a movie weekend, yeah. to be honest. Well, you wouldn't think it was July because of the weather. No. So we had a snuggy day, and I'd seen this before, but Ned hadn't. And Ned, what we watched? Onward. Oh, Onward, yeah, the yeah. Pixar. When did it come out? It Unfortunately, was... it came out literally two weeks right, before yeah. cinemas closed. So As it didn't pandemic get... pandemic landed. Yeah, it didn't get seen by many people, but I really enjoyed it when it first came out. And Those I liked of you it with on... access to Disney Plus, highly recommend. Yeah, honestly. I liked it on really second good. viewing as well. Yeah, it was really good. A little story of brotherhood yeah. and adventure. It was cute. It reminded me a little bit of like D&D type... Well, it had a few D&D references yeah. in, didn't it? Yeah. I read when he was on about the gelatinous cubes. Yes. Which I understood more now I've seen Dungeons and Dragons this yes. year. I think that reference might have yeah. gone over my head when I watched it the first time. Mm. Um, but, yeah, mm. it was good. Well, while cause we were supposed to go and see, to go to the cinema on Sunday for a double bill to also rewatch Barbie, but we ended up only going to rewatch Barbie. Which... We did. You know, worth every penny. Um, of our unlimited card. Of our unlimited card. <laughs> um, so while you're having an afternoon nap, I watched the third Pirates of the Caribbean. For whatever reason, I decided quite recently I fancied watching them all again. And this was the third. Very much enjoyed. Finished it this See, afternoon. See, a lot of like people, filmy mm. people, say that the only decent Pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean film is the first one. Yeah. Now, I remember liking the first three when I was younger. Yeah. And then they've started to have quite diminishing returns well, since. Well, I don't think I've seen the fourth or the fifth. They're not and very is, good. Is there a sixth now? I think there's just There's five. talks of them doing something. Is there? Well, I there haven't talks seen the fourth of Margot or the fifth, Robbie yeah. being in it at one point. So, But I did enjoy all three of the first ones for I don't know how many times I've watched them. I liked hearing the score, having mm. seen it live at Zimmer as well. Yes. Yeah. You know what I realised as well, every time I watch it, I actually don't really care for Will Turner or Elizabeth Swan. Do you not? Not particularly. I find them a little bit like out of place in and among all the pirates. I think My they feel a bit posh. My two favourite characters were the, the, the pirates that <clears throat> his eye keeps falling out, that one, and, and his funny. mate. I yeah. used to find that funny. Yeah. Um, and I also always liked Jeffrey Rocha's Captain Barbosa. Was he, you know, the one with the whose eye falls out? Mm. I think, was he in the office? I think so, yeah. So when, what year did Pirates of the Caribbean come out? Like 2004, five? Something like that. Yeah. So I was, what, nine? maybe 10 um 
and I heard my dad saying to his pal, oh, that's so-and-so from the office. So the next day I went to school and told all my friends that my dad works with a famous movie star. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was a good long time before I realised that he meant The Office, the sitcom. That's cute. Yeah, isn't it adorable? Yeah. Closest oh. I've ever got to anyone actually working or knowing a movie star mm. was my grandma knew Uncle Vernon out of Harry Potter. Oh, that's cool. Because he was from Thornaby. Yeah. Can't remember his name. He's dead now. But... Uh, he was also in History Boys and something else as well. Yeah. Lots of things, actually. Mm-hmm. The closest I've got... This is a segue, but I'm quite enjoying it. Somebody who... I think his daughter was in my primary school a couple of years below, um, but he ran in the same social circle as my parents. Uh, Works on like special effects and stuff. Oh, no one like nobody famous. famous. Oh, no. apart from the uh, the Dingles from Emmerdale, they were all in my primary school as well. <laughs> That's the most Harrogate Yorkshire thing ever. Yeah, no. Um, oh, but the last fun thing I wanted to say about Pirates 3, it was the four, or it will be when I log it, the <laughs> 400th film logged on Letterboxd by wow. me. So when did you start Letterboxd? Uh, we had it all last year, didn't we? Yeah, I've had it for, I've only had it for one full year so far, but I've had it for a year and a, I think I got it in like That's May. so many films. I know. How are you doing with the... One film every two days this year. No, not too kept busy, it up so we? far. But the yeah. weather's that shit. I mean, yeah. could easily catch up with myself. Yeah. Um. um oh, that's it. Yeah. What's yeah. Uh, what's going on in the news? So not a lot. There's no casting news. There's no nothing due to strikes. Although oh, I did no. see today that the studios have had a meeting with SAG and the WGA, and they are open to start negotiating again to get these strikes ended which Mm -hmm. is good for us all um but what is starting to happen is there is starting to be some speculation around what might move because studios believe that if the the stars can't promote the films they won't do very well so challenges do you remember that we did it on trailer trash or treasure was that horny tennis film with zendaya and Michael. Horny tennis. Well, it is quite looks quite horny. I remember us saying about a horny film, but I don't. I don't necessarily remember the trailer. Well, that's been bumped to next year, so that's moved. Okay. There was rumours that June two would be moving, although I have seen this week that it might not because, I mean, it doesn't come out till November, so I'd maybe hold off a bit anyway. But yeah. I have seen that apparently that IMAX have done a five to six weeks exclusive where IMAX will only show June 2 for five to six weeks. Right. Which is really interesting because I can't remember which way around it is, but the Marvels comes out either the week before or the week after, meaning that the Marvels will not be screened on IMAX. Unless it's there for the week before. I think it's the week after. Well, which is weird. So, like, Sorry, Marvels. Although Oppenheimer's on IMAX, Barbie isn't, and it's not. Punishing Barbie in any way, so... Hey, imagine Barbie on IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it's all kind of poised on what, what, what else could move. There's talks of Disney moving quite a bit of their slate, which included Wish, which is a whole film that's been created around Disney's 100 years 
of magic. So if they push it back to 101... Yeah. I mean, I think they're all getting... I would like to think the strike will end in September. I would hope so. So, Because otherwise things are going to start... Really like... Yeah. I read a thing that Deadpool will be moved from May next year if they don't go back to filming within the next few weeks. So who knows? Well, it is... August tomorrow on the day of recording, yeah. so September's not too far away. Hopefully they can come to some agreements over the rest of the summer. Yeah. Well, what a time we've had, but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure, and this time we've got Saw X. There's a real... X theme this year, Fast X, Saw X, I mean, that's it, but it's quite... But I've seen this trailer. Oh, I haven't. I think we should, no, I think we should put a bit of context as one of Ned and I... I think Ned and I's first trip to the cinema together was to see Spiral, which was rubbish. Do you know, that was the first film I saw (laughs) post-pandemic in the cinema... You were like, close the cinemas and not ask, like, they <laughs> and don't I thought, need... <laughs> oh, God, what hope have we got? But this seems to be a little bit of a course correction. So, um, as always, links in the show notes if you want to pause this and watch along with us. Um, and we'll be back right after the sparkles. Do you realise you just took my lines? I... Uh, so I, like I want to say the whole thing now. I want to say <laughs> that this one looks like it's got a compelling story, which seems a bit silly for a Saw film. So the premise of this one is it's set between Saw and Saw Two, and John Kramer, who's the weirdo who is Jigsaw, um, has got cancer, and he travels to Mexico to this kind of. Miracle cure. Yeah, and it turns out to be a scam, and he doesn't get cured. So the people who are involved in um, offering him that cure, he puts into a game. And looks like quite a simple premise, but I'm more I'm happy that it's kind of lent back into what Saw was, because I think Spiral tried to change things a bit too much. It was like a serial killer type thing, wasn't it? Um and uh, have I ever told you I've never seen a Saw film? Um, I've seen some of the... Like, this is obviously Saw 10, so I don't know if I've seen them all. But what I do like about this one is it does look like it's got quite inventive things that they need to get out of. Yeah. I used to... Fa- so I'm ne- I I like horror films, um, but I always used to find the Saw ones not really my thing. Because I Me think too. they're a bit sick. Like, I can imagine some weirdo looking at these and going, oh, I'm going to do that. And that, it always used to make me oh, feel a bit strange. I just have always felt like it was gore for the sake of gore and it wasn't really, like, getting at much. And in fairness, I know I've never seen one and from what I understand, from what people have told me, it is about, like... um. Is it like punishing people for doing bad stuff or something? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's punishing people and then there's yeah. punishing people. But even then, I feel like it's just a bit much. 
I don't know. Mm. That's, conceptually, it's never grabbed my attention and therefore I've never really seen one. I think I remember at like, I don't know, sleepovers in my early teens, we'd like YouTube the worst ones and stuff, but that's about my extent of so. Do you know what's funny, right? So obviously we're doing Barbie in this episode and Barb and Barb and Hi. Barbenheimer. I felt like I was doing Barbenstar then. Um, Barbenheimer. <laughs> we need to do an episode big, on Barbenstar. A big thing. Um, but in America, Saw and Paw Patrol comes out on the same weekend, called, so they're calling it Saw Patrol. And I think it's so funny. Um, <laughs> That's so but, stupid. <laughs> um, everyone's like, oh my God, it's the next Barbenheimer. I mean, it's not going to be, but... Oh. Um, I mean, it'll be a fun Halloween. You know, it comes out the end of September here, ready yeah. for spooky season. Um, spooky season. And My favourite cinematic season of the year. Yeah, we need to start planning what, like, legacy mm. Halloween films we're going to do. Yeah. I've got some ideas, but, um, yeah. But there I'll are some the original Exorcist. Scary films coming out, I think. Um, the Exorcist. Um, oh, that's one, isn't there? So... Disney's Haunted Mansion remake is coming out really soon instead of around Halloween. Yeah, silly. Silly. Um, but yeah, um, I'm quite... I would give that a light treasure for me. Uh, it's It has continued to fail to grab my attention as far as Saw goes. If we go see it, I'll go see yeah, it. Maybe we will. But I'm going to put it in the trash. <gasps> oh, God. And now, everyone, <laughs> it's time for this week's headline feature. Barbie, coming up right after this quick break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm ready. I'm ready too. It's already recording. Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Um, 
So, I'll say this before we get to synopsis. Mm. I was writing my notes for this, having seen it twice, and I feel like I'm that invested in it. I didn't really need to write that much because I could just talk about this film for a long, long time. I know. I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes. We're not, like, umming and ahhing too much today. No, there's um, going to be. We've got things to discuss. We've got things to say, and we're going to say them. We are. Are you going to synopsis us up? I'm going to synopsize. <laughs> <laughs> These chairs are getting squeaky. I hope it doesn't pick up on the mic. I've not noticed it no. before, but we'll keep an eye. Uh, listeners, do tweet us. If you can hear our squeaky if chairs. I <laughs> hear our squeaky chairs. <laughs> okay, plot okay. synopsis. Every day is the best day ever in Barbie yeah, land. Until one day, Barbie starts. Uh, Barbie wakes up with irrepressible thoughts of death. She must travel to the real world to fix it. But she learns more about herself than she bargained for. Clever. Did now, you say I you do had have, a second yeah, one? Yeah, I do have a bit of an alternative plot, um, which is a little bit silly, really. Go for <laughs> it. Barbie frees women from the patriarchy, <laughs> and in doing so, also frees men from the patriarchy. Yeah. Let's dive in. I'm let's so excited. Go. Go on, Don't you know where saying? to start? Well, look, let's start at the start. The very start. So I adored the Space Odyssey opening that we saw in the first trailer. I remember Barbie. doing the teaser. So do I. We did it on the podcast, did we not? We did, yeah. Trailer, Trash or Treasure. And it was back then where we were like, before the second trailer came out, and we thought, what is this film actually about? Yeah. And it had Helen Mirren... Um, narrating, narrating it, which she does throughout the film and does a great job doing so. Um, Not all that many lines for a narrator, though. No, I think it was probably a bit of comic handful. relief as well. Yeah. I like that line where she was when it, she like the film stopped. She was like when Margot Robbie saying she looks ugly. Note to the <laughs> note to the filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, don't cast Margot Robbie if you want to make this point clear. But like initial thoughts. I was, like, smiling throughout this film. Literally, at least for the first half hour, 40 minutes, while it was all still in Barbie land, Mm. I was, like, grinning ear to ear the first time I saw it. And also the second time, but not quite as intensely, because I kind of knew what was coming. Um, I keep calling it to people who, when we'd seen it before them, like, when they were asking me what it's like, it's like a fever dream of a film. It's not, it's not real. No. I know. But even when they come into the, to the, to our world, it doesn't feel like, like there's the recognisable bits like patriarchy, all those kind of things. I think what I like about but, it on that note is that the real world is very separate from obviously Barbie land, but also the Mattel headquarters. Yeah. Like, that is a fantasy land as well. And everything else is just kind of would be normal, except for the point that it's making about spaces not really being designed by or for women in a lot of public spheres. It it was, to me, like, give Greta Gerwig anything. Because not just the fact that she's created a film that's got such meaning and depth to it 
but also from a commercial perspective as well. I mean, this weekend, in its third weekend, it's probably going to hit a billion, and it mm. might go on to be the highest grossing film of this year above um, Super Mario Bros. Yeah. And I just think, I've never seen the cinema that packed in I don't know how long. And it actually felt like you were in a cinema where not everyone's going to see the latest Marvel film. Like, you could tell that people are going to see Barbie, and if they haven't got in to see Barbie, they've gone to see something else. Yeah. And I feel like it really... It's got people back and excited about originality. And yes, it does use a brand that we all know in Barbie, but it is an original film to me. I think it is an original film, full stop, to be honest. It reminded me of the Truman Show as well. Yes. I feel like that. Yeah. You could see that was... Yeah, very that. Um... But yeah, I mean, Greta Gerwig and her husband, Noah Bombach, um, who they both wrote it together and Greta kind of um, did the directing very well and what you could tell about the direction is they were all having such good fun mm. i would have thought directing the yes. film like being in the film yes. and you can just tell that she's one of those filmmakers that really kind of gives her like actors no but really gives her actors kind of autonomy and i could just imagine going just really lean into it especially with kind of ryan gosling as ken just really just ham it up yeah. and go for it and i think she she must create quite a safe space for yeah. people to have just you seen that on. clip and it didn't make the final cut of the film which i since i've seen it have been heartbroken about you know when they first get to the real world and they go up to the construction site because barbie's like there's a construction site it's lunch we just time. need some of that girl power energy <laughs> yeah let's go say hi yeah that's all the men obviously obviously um and that scene, uh, somebody pinches Barbie on the butt and she turns around and punches him. That was in the film? Yeah. But what didn't make the cut was uh, Ryan Gosling's scream reaction to it. Oh, really? Yeah. It looks hilarious, but it wasn't in there. Um, it was a really funny film. It was so funny. The there was film. so many bits. I mean, Alan was hilarious. Like... The Kens were all funny. Like, everything was... I thought yeah. Isa Ray as yeah. President Barbie was particularly funny. <laughs> you can Even ask me anything pres- you want. Why are you so amazing? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, seriously, you can't ask me that. And she's just, like, laughing and smiling through it. It's so oh, weird and it's funny. Really funny. Um, and, like, even the bits that we'd seen in the trailer where her feet go flat, Yeah, that played really well yeah. in um, the Beat You Off. Yeah was really funny as well. That's such a funny sequence. It just goes on, beaching it, I think we saw the full scene in, 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 the, trailer. in the trailer, though. Yeah, um, But just... Oh, it, I just love this film so much. <laughs> like, it's just... It's great. Oh, it is so funny. What I love, actually, about it is behind all the absolutely flawless comedy, so many pop culture references that like only true fans will get um and i can't take credit for noticing all of these but i did notice a handful what we've got obviously 2001 space odyssey from yeah. the very start um there's references to greece in there there is there's even a which, clip from greece um your pal mel from work was talking to me about it and she was like and 
one level deeper on the Greece reference. Australian blonde leading lady. Australian blonde leading lady. Yes. Mm, love it. Uh, R.I.P. Also, by the way. I was so sad oh, when she died. Was it this year? Or last year? Olivia Newton-John. Quite That's recently. so sad. Too recently to be over it. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Oh, the office cubicles in the Mattel office. You know, like where the, in the actual, where the, the surfs work. Is definitely a reference something. Can't put my finger on it. You know it. what I didn't get about that scene, by the way? Wait, yeah. When they were chasing Barbie. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to get her. Because, <laughs> like, even Will Ferrell and Barbie literally Bumped come face to face other. and, like, scream at each other. That felt and very Will, pantomime to Yeah, me. and then Will really Ferrell's fun. like, oh, we need to go over the top of them to get to her. Yeah. It just felt... It was like a Scooby-Doo type chase. Like, it you're was, never gonna... It was very that. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing when I watched it the second time was like, are they actually trying to get her? I know. Or they're just on purpose trying to make men look. Well, that's a further thing I want yeah. to discuss at a point. My final and possibly favourite pop culture reference. Um, do you know America Ferreira's daughter in this film? What's her name? In real life or the no, character? No, the character. Sasha? Sasha, correct. Yeah. Do you happen to remember... In the noughties, um, some dolls, there were four of them, and one of them was called Sasha. Were they the Bratz dolls? They were the Bratz. Yeah. And somebody on TikTok noticed that Sasha and her three friends sitting at that table when they first meet They're the Bratz dolls? All look exactly the same, and they are the Bratz dolls. Oh my god, that's clever. Which is Barbie's worst, uh, Barbie's nemesis, IRL. Oh my god, I love this film even more. Isn't it? It's just so clever. I love it. Yeah. Um, And my final thing is, Look how excited we are. Pop culture ref. People might actually be able to hear you without turning the the sound up for once. I know. (laughs) Um, well, I don't know if this is pop culture actually, but it's super relevant. Um, how a lot of the, like, when Ken took the patriarchy back to Barbie land, lots of, um, quite famous images that people have, will have seen on social media and the news when January the 6th, um, insurrection happened, happened at the US Capitol, like Ken wearing fur, waving a big flag in barbie why it's annoyed all the right people um yeah everything like hits every mark swings and never misses see i liked some other pop culture references there was something about sat at home watching Zack snyder's justice league which i I was it was a very in joke and the first time i saw it there was a couple of people laughed and then the second time i think i was the only one that laughed but i was with you greta and then i also absolutely adored that that whole scene where we're pushing ahead a bit here, but where they're bringing the Barbie, snapping the Barbies back into, yeah. And one of them's watching The Godfather, and she says, "Can you've never seen The Godfather?" And he's like, "You've never seen The Godfather? Let me explain." She slightly misintonates it as well. She says, "The Godfather," and he's like, "The Godfather." <laughs> <It's> so clever, <laughs> honestly, it's so good. Um, I tell you what else as well. More films need some dance numbers. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Love a dance number. That was obviously Dua Lipa, who is in the film, which I always always go to say, oh, she wasn't very good, but I always think I can't. I really struggle to remove a pop star to then being in a film. It took me a while when Gaga well, started I mean, she had acting. about a line and a half. I know, but 
even she gave so. john cena a brewski Who, beer another another great person oh to be God. in it um, as a mermaid but i think mark ronson produced this song and he said something to dua lipa and he was like you need to write a song for this film because the script is amazing yeah and when so many people were saying i can't believe how this film is is got green lit i know 100 well, with that and apparently margot robbie pitched it to warner brothers and said because she's an exec producer on it as well yeah she said this will make a billion dollars and it's i mean and it's, it's not far off it's, is well it? it's only it's been out two weeks yeah yeah yes um oh my favorite things about barbie land number one there is no water it just makes it so funny and it's, yeah, that was a funny joke when he tries yeah. to surf. Tries He's to like, surf, stay with me, Barbie. Bounces off of it, <laughs> goes flying in the air. Really How much funny. of that did you see? All of it. Oh, <laughs> great. Um, uh, oh, it's just so um, good. But even the shower. Well, I didn't get it for a bit when she when no Lizzo water, was singing. She's just like, oh, lovely. Pink. And I liked how Lizzo's lyrics matched up to the scene that was going on. Yeah, it was like narrating. Wasn't yeah. And um, I was like, oh, there's no. She's showering, like shaking her head, and there's no. But but like nobody bats an eye at it, and then suddenly Barbie's in the Mattel office. They offer her a glass of water, and she tips it all over her face because she's not used to water. And suddenly the punchline lands, and it makes everything that happened in the lead up to it hilarious. I do think as well, actually, this is a good time to talk about the production design. If you when I went to see it a second time, and you naturally notice other things. There's not a bit of it that wasn't thought through. Like, even when she opens the fridge. Yeah. All of it is like... Yeah. She's got the, everything. Stickers as if yeah. it was Barbie's Every single thing is just meticulously thought yeah. through. And if this doesn't... I mean, I'm sure this is going to be in awards conversations this year regardless. But if this doesn't get kind of production design and costume design... I mean, the costumes as well. I, I mean, mean it needs Robbie. it just for the pure fact of causing a global shortage of pink paint. But like, <laughs> I just, every time she got changed, I was like, wow. And I loved she wore this really bougie Gucci necklace at one point towards the end of the film. I thought it was Chanel. Chanel. Chanel! Chanel. Um, <laughs> the Chanel necklace. I'm a bit embarrassed that I got that wrong. But it looked beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Margot, you look absolutely stunning. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, it was just... Oh. Oh, so many of the things, when things start to go wrong for Barbie, just so many of the things, like line after line after line, is exactly the same things all of my women friends complain about, about being a woman, IRL. Like, not the getting of cellulite, but the fact that having cellulite is a problem... The, oh, when she when her heels go flat and then she's walking up all them stairs to Weird Barbie's oh, house, and which we'll says, get to in a minute. Oh, and she's Weird like, Barbie, that was great. if my feet were always shaped like this, I wouldn't wear heels. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just all, all, loads of stuff. Loads of stuff like that. Yeah. Not feeling perfect enough. But yeah. being perfect. Um, well, oh, I totally forgot. There's so many things to discuss, but... Um, and I love the bit at the beginning where it's like, well, Barbie's fixed feminism in the real world, so... 
they'll probably all give you a hug and tell you that you're their favorite woman yeah yeah. And when she gets there and Sasha's like, you've created unrealistic beauty standards. You've <laughs> done this, fascist. you've done this. You're a fascist. I thought the fascist thing was a bit strong. And then there was a joke to me that didn't quite land where she said, oh, I'm a fascist. How am I a fascist? I don't control the railways or something like that. That kind of went over my head a little bit. No, she was like listing all of the things that aren't the case in the real world that are the case in barbie land like oh here they see me as a fascist i don't even control the railways yeah and it wasn't it that, felt like it a punchline and nobody were, laughed that was know. one of the only like punchline misses that maybe the audiences in leeds weren't yeah with that bit maybe but maybe. um yeah, it's great. Um, I love as well how everybody's name is Barbie and everybody's name is Ken. Like it's not hello, president. It's not hello, President Barbie. It's hello, Barbie. It's not hello, Doctor Barbie. Hello, physicist Barbie. It's just Barbie, and that is the same in the credits as it is in all of the scenes. And I find that really funny as well. I need if I was going to interview Greta Gerwig as well. Mm. One of my first opening questions to kind of get a laugh out of her and kind of playing this Warm scenario in my head yeah it's like hi greta um are you a sex education fan <laughs> because <laughs> the entire cast <laughs> you've got emma mckay as yeah. physicist barbie yeah shooty gatwa as artist ken yeah you've got connor swindles as aaron dinkins who works for mattel yeah and even how she seemed to pair physicists physicist barbie and artist ken together quite a bit and i could almost look at them and i was like you were having such a laugh you two and it was really fun netflix one of i mean granted one of the most popular netflix shows going but you've gone from that to oh my god we're in an absolute blockbuster um yeah one of my favorite things to happen to them two as like a barbie ken duo was after they'd redismantled the patriarchy in Barbie land and Shooty Gat was Ken was just like I just miss my Barbie and they just like hang out as if he's her gay best friend I was like that's really cute actually well speaking of gay best friends so a lot of people have said this about Alan about Alan and I really felt when I've read some bits about people saying it so it's almost people have said that Alan is almost like the gay character in the story he's not quite a Ken no and he's not quite a Barbie yeah but he wants to be friends with the Barbies and even when he's like get me out of Kendom I hate it it's awful yeah Um, it did when I read people saying that it did kind of remind me of when you're at that age where you're more comfortable around girls but you're not one. But you're not one. I always remember, so I did go on a girls' holiday when I was 19. When I was 18, the group of girls went to somewhere else. And because I hadn't come out when I booked it, I thought, I can't go on holiday with a group of girls. Because I knew in my head. But then the next year, once I was out, I was in Magaluf. I was proud. having fun. But I just thought Alan was quite a good metaphor for that kind yeah. of... Whether it was done on purpose and... He's got these eyes, Michael Sarah. Where I love Michael Sarah. It's like he says so much without speaking, <laughs> and it's really funny. Somebody um, once said that he 
accidentally found himself on a movie set and was too awkward to say that he shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just like, had these like, I, there was a, I think it's when they're all, especially when he's saying, I beat you off and he's just like looking at them like, what on earth is yeah. going? He's just so funny. Yeah. Um, it was, oh, no, she's not in sex education. Nicola Glocklin. When she's she, not in sex education. She's Diplomat Barbie. She's in Derry Girls. She is. And, and she's in Bridgerton. Bridgerton. And I just, I liked the bit at the start when she's announcing who's got all the awards. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, it's Barbie. <laughs> oh, what's her name that was also in Mad Fat Diary? I don't know. Uh, the one, she's like Lawyer Barbie and she's like... Sharon Rooney? I don't know, it could be. I don't she was actually, in my mad fat diary. Yeah, will be her. Um, she was giving it in she that choreo to so Leaper. Fun. Yeah, I love her so much. Yeah. And I'm so glad since Mad Fat Diary because a lot of people haven't seen my Mad Fat Diary. I, I haven't. And I was quite a fan in the early days. Um, I'm so happy when I see her in other stuff, and I always forget she's actually Scottish. Is she? Yeah. She didn't look it. No, she's got a Lincolnshire accent in my Mad Fat Diary, and then I've only ever seen her in stuff that's American. Can we talk about some of the other characters? So I loved seeing Emerald Fennell play a cameo. Midge. As Midge. Remind me what I know her from. So Emerald Fennell wrote Promising Young Woman. Yeah. And she's got a new film coming out, which is called Saltburn, which I'm waiting to see if it's actually about Saltburn. Originally... Saltburn by the Sea. She, I swear she wrote the first season of Killing Eve as well, which was really kind of put her on... Mm. put her on the map but she has she has done some acting um she's done what has she done i don't know she was in the crown she played the younger camilla um Uh, which i've never watched but she was in 27 episodes of it so i'm sure but she's kind of a it was nice to see her in it as well because as well as Greta Gerwig making it big, it felt like she's put someone else who is a really going to be a really prominent female. Oh my god! Film, filmmaker. As you said it, I've realised Greta Gerwig has practiced what she preached in this film about like women lifting up women and championing other women, not um, doing what Sasha once says in one of the lines: "Women hate women and men hate women." It's the one thing we can agree on. But, like, obviously you write that into the script to critique the fact that that is, uh, reflects a lot of attitude in society. But she's actually been putting loads and loads of women who are great in their own rights into this film to make it such an amazing collaborative effort. Mm. Great. Yes. I'm going to try segue here, okay? Other than stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. Who's your favourite Barbie? Uh, Harry Neff, Dr. Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was Weird Barbie. Oh, I love her too. And the fact that she was always in the splits really cracked me up. She sat in the splits on the top of this wall and then she like rolls down. And the amazing thing is, (laughs) she's not actually doing the splits, it's just acting. <laughs> and like when America Ferreira's character, once she's in Barbie Land, she's like, Oh my god, I had a weird Barbie, you play with them too much, and it's like meta as hell. Yeah. Um, but no, to go to Harry Neff, like she wasn't, you know, 
there was a lot of people in these films and you know it's very much a Margot Robbie and a, I would say the three main characters are Robbie Gosling and Ferreira yeah to have a prominent trans woman as Barbie as a Barbie yeah to me felt very nice like it, it was very like warm correct. and fuzzy yeah it did yeah and um, just you know it's not mentioned because why should it be but like yeah. she is a woman at the end of the day exactly. and she's in a barbie film and, and i my, just thought when when they're de-brainwashing all of the barbies that have been kind of um put under the spell of the patriarchy <laughs> hers is my favorite what happens to she her? sits there um with a lovely short dress on with her legs out and high heels on with glasses on and she says oh no i feel so ugly and ryan gosling comes out from under a car on one of those oh yeah, yeah. and goes may i and she goes mm-hmm. and he takes <laughs> off her glasses and like that's better <laughs> as if he's just discovered her beauty i liked the oh, the bit crap where, um I think my favourite schnapper out of it was, um, who's her from My Mad Fat Diary? What was she? Lawyer Barbie. Yeah. And she snaps out of it and the first line is, I don't want to touch a foot or something like that. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, yeah. It, yeah oh, it's just great. Oh, so, so good. It is. Okay, on to Weird Barbie, because I think that's what you're trying to get at the segue with. I mean, we kind of touched on her. Her house fantastic cool. way like cool. i know barbie's house has been on architectural digest but i think weird barbie yeah. should be as well and her roommates which were some of the um discontinued, discontinued barbie sugar daddy bar uh, sugar, sugar daddy, daddy ken, ken <laughs> was rob bryden oh, which was God. such a surprise reveal hilarious and like um, they're like oh that's a bit inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a sugar daddy no, he's no. sugar's daddy yeah um, An earring magic Ken. I don't know. It's the other one. one. I didn't I get that, that one. one. But growing up, Skipper, where when you raise her arm, her boobs grow, and the one with the TV in her back, she just looked so done with existence. And I thought that was hilarious as well. I loved kind of the daughter discovering these. Sasha. Uh, Sasha discovering that, what was it? My mate Skipper. Growing up, Skipper. Growing up, Skipper. Like, when she lifted her arm and a bit, and Sasha's like, "Why on earth would they have ever done that?" <laughs> but yeah, it oh, oh it's, it's great. So and funny. to be honest with you, Will Ferrell can grow on me sometimes, but I found him. I think I leant over to you and said, "Will Ferrell's comedic timing, even the bit it's where really they're all around nice. the the Mattel board and yeah. they're all like laughing and they like touch each other as like yeah. a little." This is funny, isn't it? It's oh, just the comedic timing of it is you that is something to me you can't teach. Right off the top of my head, I don't think I can think of another film that Will Ferrell doesn't get on my tits. I'm sure there must not like him be in Elf. No, no, unpopular no. opinion, not a fan. Uh, used to be a fan, have seen it too many times now. I quite liked him in that spirited that christmas film that just came out with ryan reynolds we i'll have to like that, i'll we? need to report back on that once yeah. i've seen it a couple of christmases in a row um but yeah i agree he did not get on my tits in this film um because i felt like he was finally i don't know not like he was finally in on the joke obviously he's always been on in on the joke but i think there's a certain category of like 
men comedic actors that all just seem to get on my tits just for the very sake of that's their job. <laughs> that's very Barbie. Um, and I think maybe part of the reason he didn't get on my tits in this film is because, like, that was the point. Like, he was representing those category of men that yeah. just seem to irritate people, which was hilarious. And cleverly made all these normal things that men do on a normal day-to-day basis look as ridiculous it as even they are. made me laugh when um they were chasing after barbie and they got down to the barriers he was like yeah. we need a key we need a key like <laughs> it was just oh. just really stupid yeah. and he, when they got out to the cars and he was like i'll go in the front car and i usually ride shotgun <laughs> <laughs> um even stuff like when um uh, da, da, Aaron, Darren, Aaron, what's his name? The Who? one from Sex Education, who reports Barbie in the real world to the head office in the first instance. Oh, Aaron Duncan. Aaron, thank yeah. you. Even when he gets up there and he's like, "No, I'm not listening to you," and he's like, "You're gonna want to hear it," and he's like, "No, I don't want to hear it." <laughs> so he makes them do Chinese whispers to the end of the table. Um. Right after he's just said, you can put that in an email, EOD, end oh, of day. end of day, end of day. And like, it's <laughs> the, the guys that are like trying to schmooze up to him, obviously, and, and they're all like laughing when he says end of day. Yeah. That made me laugh because like we, you know, I'll say in messages at work, I'll get it to you by COP. Yeah. Which, it's just funny. Oh my God, I've just done a thing. So he then calls Barbie a Jezebel at some point. And I didn't get like, that. Oh my God, you're not supposed to call women Jezebel. It's some... I think it's biblical. Right. Um, but I just accidentally said Chinese whispers and you're not really supposed to say that anymore. I could see the panic on your face when yeah, you said it. I felt so, it. It's one yeah. of those that slipped out. I'll, yeah. Yeah. Move on. We all make mistakes. Exactly. Um, favourite um, Ken? Oh, interesting. Favourite Other than Gosling. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure I have a favourite Ken, actually. Shooty Gangler. Yes, strong Ken. Artist Ken. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. They were all... They were, they they were, were actually all, good, all really actually. good. Um, and, yeah, it was... It was fun. I want to ask you more about kind of the emotional beats. So there's quite a few bits. So there's the bit where Barbie is in the real world and she sat on that bus stop and she just turns to that older woman and says, mm-hmm. you're so beautiful. And she goes... I know. <laughs> or Aww. something along those lines. That was sweet. But I'm not sure I quite got the point of that bit. But I did like when she's on the 17th floor and it's the ghost of Ruth Handler, played by Ray Perlman. Yeah. I liked that scene. Well, the world isn't what I, I thought it would be. And she's address, like, it never, it never is. If I may just address the bit you're not sure you got the point of, to me, that was the first time... Barbie recognised beauty outside of, like, Barbie beauty. Yeah. So she started realising that, you know, you don't have to be perfect hair, perfect makeup, look gorgeous to be beautiful. And she said it entirely, what's the opposite of disingenuous? Genuously? Genuinely. Genuinely. Yeah. She meant it from the heart when she said it, because she was like, yeah, I'm in this big scary place in this world. And this woman is beautiful. I really like as well that. the bit where she kind of walks off with um, 
oh god ruth handler and they both kind of hold hands yeah and she kind of they like question she's like her existence and what she wants to do with her life and she feels like she's no longer stereotypical Barbie, I guess, because she's been exposed to so much more and she wants to do... What did she say? Something like, I don't want to... I want to make the decisions. I don't I want, want to... I want to make... I want to be in the world that makes the meaning, not the thing that's made. Yeah. Which I think was a really, really nice, like, concise point about the world that we live in. Like, because... The very first thing somebody said to her was that she represents everything wrong with sexualized capitalism and um, rampant consumerism, which, you know, unless you're living under a rock these days, (laughs) you know, all of that is causing stuff like climate change. And all of that is so linked to all of these inequalities that um, the patriarchy is responsible for. And so she's like actually like I've learned that about myself but I don't feel like that represents me actually I want to do the thing that makes the meaning and I think that's a fun lesson to just like think about is doing the thing that makes the meaning in the world rather than just like being a cog in the machine I like that Mm. shall we talk about Ken then Ken and his patriarchy I think his story arc I mean Barbie's is good, but Ken's is is fantastic. Like, he doesn't have a good day unless Barbie looks at him and speaks to him. So funny. He goes out into the real world. He discovers patriarchy. Which he thinks is all about men and horses. And I did love that line later on in the film, and he's like, I got bored of the patriarchy when I realised it wasn't about men and horses. <laughs> uh, prior to that, I like it when he's describing it to someone, and he's like, there was a brief time where I thought horses ruled the world, but then I realised it was men. He is phenomenal in this film. Yeah. Like, I was really watched him on the second viewing yesterday, and I was like, you are all in on this. Yeah. And you are, I mean, I'm guessing... From a acting perspective, but also, and not to kind of sexualise him, but he got particularly buff for this film. Well, he had to look like a Ken doll. Yeah, but he has the genitalia, remember? That was another funny line. I, I have, he, he I said have it, it all. I know he doesn't, but he's he like, doesn't. I've got it all. Oh my God, um, that was a funny line. <laughs> Weird Barbie was like, I wanted to see what nude mound he's packing. Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do love, it, like, talking about Will Ferrell, but Kate McKinnon's com- comedic timing is great as well. Oh, uh, brilliant. want to see what... <laughs> what oh, it? my God, What's and another line? thing she says, I know we're talking about Ken, but I just love Weird Barbie. <laughs> when she's holding the, the snow globe and she's like, um, if you don't go into the real world and work out what's going wrong, you're going to end up um, covered in cellulite, having these irrepressible thoughts of death and something else and something else. Um, and she says weird and ugly and then she pulls away the snow globe and Barbie screams and it's just her face and she's like yeah no I set myself up for that one sorry even when weird Barbie her arc at the end where all the women are back and they all kind of apologise to her for calling her weird Barbie behind her back and to her her face face. and she kind of like do you want a job in my cabinet and she goes can I have sanitation (laughs) Um, so she's like crossing her fingers, like please, please, please. so good. Um, <laughs> that was another funny bit after that scene where I liked where Barbie sits down and she sits down like a Barbie doll and like can't. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. back to Ken. Just so fun. Like 
asking for the time. Do you yeah. have the time? No. And then later on in the film, when he's describing what the patriarchy was like in the real world, and he brings it back to Barbieland, and he calls his house Mojo Dorset. Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah, which is funny in itself. But he's like, he did this thing that really tickled me. He said, someone asked me for the time. And he had this big fur coat on and he kind of pulls his sleeves up and, and he's, he's got, got like three watches on. And I was like, that is so funny. Even the way he kind of rolls down the car bonnet and then he, when he sings, I'm just Ken, which is All of the clothes he great. wears. He's in a bandana. He's got leather fringe. He's got fur. He's got massive belts. He's got chains and cowboy boots. That's great. Oh. I'll, honestly, and I, I don't like people are saying, you know, there will be award nominations for this. And I guess if Gosling got an Oscar and Margot didn't, it would kind of be like, this is the whole point of the film. I think I that do say if two of them, if you were going to say which you've got of one those Oscar, two would get an goes Oscar. to Gosling for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, hands down, Margot Robbie no, for me. No, goes to Gosling. Um... um I'd love to see uh, America Ferrera get, oh, best not because that whole monologue that she delivers about very what important. it is to be a woman yeah. um, was very, I mean, very good. Very cool. And this is what I don't get about people saying it's an attack on. So let me just sit because I know you come out of films and you your mind goes a bit deeper right? And you kind of get the story before I... Sometimes it takes me a while to come round to it. Not by default, just no, on no. the ones I get, yeah. So I haven't seen it twice. Yeah. This is what I've took from it, okay? So whilst there's the Barbie stuff and all, like, I kind of ignore all of the characters that they're using. Basically, the patriarchy destroys us all. Yeah. Holds us all back. Yeah. Puts us all into boxes, yeah. which I guess is a Barbie reference. And kind of taking that away from women. Yeah. But then also the effect that it would have on men to not play these kind of binary gender roles where everything's got to be, you've got to be this, you've got to be that. I thought the film was not, wasn't an attack on men, which I never thought it was, but obviously we've talked about people, you know, the alt-rights all getting up. Uh, they just it's get the triggered new, at the It's the new thing. culture war. But to me, it's not an attack on men. It's an attack on the patriarchy. That's Is that how it's it's meant to be? It, I think, yes. I think maybe attack is slightly a strong Well, a, a, a commentary on yeah, the patriarchy. It's supposed to, like dissect that's what it does yeah it like picks it apart and sees what it's made of um i think two things you've touched on there when barbie first makes it to mattel the solution devised by the men in the room is to quite literally put a woman in a box mm. <laughs> yeah so clever joke there if you got that uh what was the other thing you said uh, but no, it's gone from my mind. Um, oh, lying. That's oh, well. Point. Oh, well. Um, I'm very aware that we've gone on for quite a while now. I did think this was going to be a long film, so should we start to kind of 
think about getting towards the end. Yeah. Tell you what, though, speaking right of the end, mm. one of the best final lines of a film, I think, yeah. ever. I mean, even the way they play it, it plays like she's going... Oh, go, go back I to remembered, that. I remembered the second point, sorry. Um, go to back. throw you all off, listeners. Um, so it was on kind of the patriarchy, not just making... Uh, not just punishing women for being women, but also puts men in boxes and things. It's really kind of drawn in stark reality at the very end when Ken is like, I just don't know who I am without you, Barbie. Like... Mm. What do I do? Who is Ken? What is Ken? And Barbie's like, maybe it's not Barbie and Ken. Maybe it's Barbie and it's Ken. Like, put some time into thinking, like, what you are, who you are, what makes you, you. Where he's spent all of this time trying to establish a patriarchy, doing all of these things that he thinks men should do because they're men, when actually none of them are being themselves in the end which is what the patriarchy does to men, IRL. Well, I always look at kind of, you know, stats where it says how men struggle with mental health more than women. That's always the patriarchy to me. Yeah. Because they can't open up or... I mean, it's getting better. Because you can't express who you truly are or how you truly feel because of the things that we're told not to do and the things we're raised to do and all of that. Like... Yeah. It just isn't good for anyone, really. No. Anyway, make a shitload of money off of it. <laughs> Back suppose to the, the only final irony line with this film actually is that it's making a shit ton of money. It's making a shit I know ton when of they money. were like <laughs> consumer capitalism, I thought, have you seen how many people are in this cinema? Yeah, and um, how many like props and yeah. bits and Although I do think studios are, are getting no, but I mean that people the have bought. Oh, yeah. Like people I've seen have bought full new outfits just to go to Barbie wearing pink. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So the final line of the film, and I love how it's set up because it looks like her new family, America Ferreira, the dad who doesn't really get a mention, who just plays Duolingo, which is another great joke, especially because Duolingo have done a tidying campaign where the owl is dressed as Barbie. Um, But it plays as if they're dropping her off for her first date at work for Mattel. Yeah. And then you, when you watch it the second time and you know what's coming, they're like, we'll be here for you when you don't. And it's, you're like, oh, I don't think this is... And then she says, what's your name? She's like, Barbara Handler. Um, I'm here to see my gynecologist. Cut to credits. And I thought that was so fantastic. Funny. Ballsy as hell, which I guess is a dichotomy to going to see a gynecologist. But... um. Just, yeah, I love this film so, so much. I genuinely think it's an instant classic. Oh, fully. Like, I think it was the first fastest film to reach a million reviews on Letterboxd as well or something, which is that's where the the movie people hang out. Um, Hello, movie people. Yeah. Um, Love that it had a soundtrack, songs that were actually used in scenes, but songs were just playing in the background. The Billie Eilish one was quite nice and so emotional. Good. And also these songs were peppered in the background. Throughout. Throughout. Mm-hmm. You could hear the Billie Eilish song when she's speaking to Ruth Handler. Yeah. In that kitchen oh my God. scene. One thing I want to say about her is when I first saw it, a certain um, meme popped into my head. And I was like, why is that coming into my head? Because I couldn't quite put my finger on where I recognised her face from, which Rare. is something that's 
very normal for me because I'm always saying like I always oh, get from that we'll sit down and watch a film and Ned goes where do I recognise her from I'm like Ned yeah. it could be one of many anyway in things. this case I got it bang right it was my first instance you chose books I chose looks I didn't get that from reference from Matilda the one with Mara Wilson but you've never seen that have you I haven't I don't like it oh you don't like it that's why you don't I like never it. really got on with Roald Dahl films anyway that is an iconic and role and leaves a mark on my heart so it's just extra points for that casting choice for me um say, i'm sure there's say another oh. point i'm gonna nip and get the no hang back. on hang on hang on oh. i'm sure there's things that we haven't discussed but oh, I'm, too many yeah you those. know we've probably been going on an hour have we over yeah but just to go on star rating five if you had to ask five five yeah um Okay, now, now let's unsheath the gaydar. <laughs> this is the script you wrote. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand. You just got one. <laughs> Hands. <laughs> and we use it to rank all of the films and TV we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where the gaydar ranks Barbie. <laughs> Ned's hand. <laughs> I intentionally didn't put an S on that. Like, okay. it is correct. Okay. Um, oh, gosh, where is it? Come on. Can't find it. I've got too many notes. Hang on. I mean, I'm guessing I'm thinking this one might be quite high. Oh, straight to the top. Well, I can't remember what else is on the list, but... Do you want to know what it has surpassed let's give me the next like the next few down well that's what i was gonna do i was oh, gonna right. give okay. you the whole list okay um in third place so far we've got everything everywhere all at once yeah second place scream six yeah first place but you know i actually think we're not having a very good year for queer stuff no, because even, not on the top, big screen even those top two are a little bit gay, but not all that gay. Even Barbie's not like, I mean, it's gay, but it's not like... It's camp as hell. It's yeah, not but like it's not gay, It's not a queer gay. film, is no. it? I don't think we're... I think when we do our roundup of 2023, we might have a few things to say about queer representation. Maybe we will. I'm trying to think what else. I think it, like, I feel like gay stories have been relegated to streaming. Well, Especially after Bros flopped, I think now they're just like uh, putting it all on, on streaming. I was gutted when Bros flopped. I know, I know. Oh well, didn't deserve to. Um, but yeah, it's you know you've got a trans actor in mm-hmm. there. It's camp as hell. Alan kind actor. of pan. We've got a gay actor. Yeah. Um, Alan was kind of queer to me queer coded. Um. I think yeah, it's probably the the gayest film this year we've seen on the big screen. Well, we've and only if we're comparing started, it to Oppenheimer, <laughs> we only started the gaydar this year, and it's like head and shoulders above second place, in my opinion. Yeah, wasn't Spider Verse quite high up because that had That's like fourth place? Yeah, queer coded stuff. Yeah. All right, well, great. Um. That's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at gazeonfilmpod. And you can check out our Letterboxd accounts. Links to those are in the show notes if you're curious to see what the other 399 films I have watched are. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Definitely, especially about this one. Um, I have been Barbie. I'm glad you... And I have been Ken. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye! Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.